Hey, before we get into the show, quick little note here, a clip from our friends at the uh, Red Wings Rant. Check out their show. Here's a little snippet of it. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the Brothers of Discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present, I swear they're there, and paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashaw, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave. And Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. What's up? Welcome to the Canes Train Pod on the Hockey Podcast Network. Monday again. I'm going to be honest with you. Real upfront here. This is going to be a short one, all right? Um, I don't have a lot of time to do this. And uh, sorry for it, but it is what it is. And you get two every week, you know? So, it'll be all right. But anyway, before we get into anything else, let's talk about DraftKings. You've heard us talk about them. They're the leader in daily fantasy sports. And Payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf. DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Go make a lineup. Get some excitement out of watching these games. You got a little something on the line. Win yourself some prizes. It's a more fun way to watch sports. You just draft your lineup. Everything gets more interesting. DraftKings paid out over $7 billion to users across the sports, and it's the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get on all the action. So now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app, sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey, hey, Canes have won five straight. Excuse the congestion. As you can see, I'm still uh, recovering from the sinuses and all that jazz. So, um, Carolina Hurricanes win uh, 4-2 over the Florida Panthers. They are now in sol- solely in second place in the Discover Central Division. I still think it's funny that um, all of the <laughs> all of the divisions are sponsored. It's just interesting. Um before that, I guess we should touch briefly on the Detroit game 
And to be honest with you, man, there's not really that much to talk about with that one. It is, they played a bad team. Like, again, I'm not trying to disrespect Detroit, but they're not good. They're not good. And it's, you know, not everybody's going to be great, but they're they're definitely, um, you know, bottom two, I would say. So the Hurricanes didn't really have a great game at all. They played a pretty poor uh, first and second period overall. And then in the third, they started to kind of figure things out and they started scoring goals. And that was that. Special teams, again, you know, power play, scoring goals. Power play this year has been really, really opportune at like scoring the goals that they need to score, which is what good teams do. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, very, very important. So um, really it was the Red Wings got tons of chances. They didn't capitalize on as many as they probably would have if they weren't the Detroit Red Wings. And Hurricanes pick up the win. Hurricanes capitalize on their chances. Red Wings don't. That's basically, that's basically that that game. Uh, Red Wings definitely played well enough to win. The Hurricanes are just better. So, you know, luck bounces around, and when the more skilled people get the chances off of those lucky chances, they're going to bury them more often than those who don't. So that's really what it was. Uh, Nadelkovich played well that game, and uh, you know. Jacob Slavin played really well. And in the third period, look, I mean, everybody came to play, or, you know, a lot of people came to play. Jordan Stahl was really good. His line in general was really good. So there you go. Andrei Svechnikov finally scored a goal. There were good things that happened in that game. But really, it, what, what you saw in that game was the, the very, very, very tail end of almost no rest, right? Um, so it's hard, to, it's hard to play 10 games in 16 nights or whatever that was. I know you'll hear people say that, like, oh, you know, they'll they'll downplay that and whatnot, but, like, mm, that's a lot. That's a lot. I don't care how in shape you are, just, like, having to play games over and over again and compete at that level that many times, you're not going to be at your best at the end of it. So you saw what happened. They got a two-day break, and they came back and played Florida. And, look, Florida's a really good team. And the Hurricanes um, really brought their A game, I thought, uh, on Sunday night against Florida. So let's talk about that game real quick. And let's dive into um, some of the stats as we go through this. Uh, if, you know, if, I had to, if I had to, you know, sum it up from what I saw, I mean, honestly, man, I would say that in the first period, there wasn't a lot of anything. At the end, there was. Um, but, like, man, I was, with, like, half the period left, there was one shot on goal each. <laughs> so... Not a lot of action going on. I thought the Hurricanes basically did a really good job of limiting Florida's chances, and they got some of their own as well, and they score on the power play. Again, power play, um, you know, really, really doing its thing, scoring the important goals, and Vincent Trocek can't not score against the Florida Panthers. Like, it's built into his DNA. Um, But in that first period, if you look at the Corsi percentage, the Hurricanes had 10 shot attempts, and the Panthers had 13. So a 43.48% Corsi 4 for the Hurricanes, uh, which is, you know, those two, you know, your, your Corsi 4, which is shot attempts 4, divided by the total number of shot attempts. So if you're below 50%, means the other team uh, got more shot attempts than you did. And typically that percentage number, one way or the other, is a pretty good indicator of uh, who had the puck in the other team's end. Obviously, shot attempts are shot attempts. Like, it doesn't, you're not required to wait 30 seconds in between them. Uh, but overall, you know, as a whole, the stat does a pretty good job of predicting 
you know, who who's going to drive the most chances and all that sort of stuff. But it didn't in that period because there were eight scoring chances tallied in that period. Six of them went to the Hurricanes. Two of them went to uh, the Florida Panthers. And that is exactly what I'm talking about. The Hurricanes really limited what the Panthers got. They didn't see much. Uh, high danger chances forced, three for the Hurricanes, zero for the Panthers. And these are in all situations, so including the power play. Uh, and the penalty kill for the Hurricanes was really good in this one. 0.62 expected goals, four for the Hurricanes in that first period, 0.2 allowed. So really driving the play as far as quality goes. Um, you know, Florida wins the quantity battle. But for a long time, we saw this being the opposite for the Hurricanes, where they were winning the quantity battle, losing the quality battle, or winning both and just not scoring because their shooting percentage was bad. Uh, but this year, the Hurricanes have really been winning the quantity or the quality battle. Uh, the expected goals, and uh, those expected goals just tend to turn into goals. They just do. I mean, not every night, but in the long run, averaging out, that's why it's a stat, right? Um, and James Reimer, I thought, was pretty good in this one, although uh, he definitely wants that uh, that first one back, I think. I mean, I don't think he really saw it, but, like, man, your five-hole can't be that big. you got to get Butterfly quicker than that. Um, and it goes in. Anyway, not in the first period. doesn't matter. Second period... If we look at the Corsi stats, 24-15. I, I, I think this is when the Hurricanes really started to turn it on, uh, dial up the intensity of the forecheck, all that sort of stuff, and get more shots, right? But uh, they gave up some chances in this period too. Florida started to get to their game as well. Uh, 24 uh, shot attempts for the Hurricanes, 15 for the Panthers, so 61% for the Hurricanes. And let's look at it at even strength to give you a better idea of uh, you know five on five play, the Hurricanes had 18 to Florida's 11, so 62% even at five on five. So even strength, uh, the Hurricanes actually you know are about the same as they were with special teams. Uh, if we go to the shot, not the shot attempts, just talked about those. If we go to the scoring chances, it's nine eight, so pretty even, pretty even, but still in favor of the Hurricanes. But we go to high danger chances, and look, high danger chances are weird. Like you know, it says that Florida got. Eight scoring chances, six of them were high danger. I don't remember six high danger chances for the Panthers in the second period, but they did score on one of them. Um, so 6-3, say what you will. The Hurricanes clearly were giving up some danger there, but the Hurricanes still with .95 expected goals for and only .77 for the Panthers. So how you could have six high danger chances to your opponent's three and still lose the expected goals battle I don't know what those high danger chances are then. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I, that number is a little weird to me. I thought it was maybe closer to even, but the Hurricanes drove the play more in that period and in the rest of the game as well. And they tie that period 1-1, um, but they take a 2-1 lead into the third. And in the third, it was more of the same, I thought. Um, Florida started to you know push a lot more. They get another goal, uh, and the, pan- the Hurricanes just pour it on. They score two more times. Uh, nice goals both ways. And uh, Sebastian Ajo is Sebastian Ajo. Shorthanded goal. Beautiful. Great pass by Jacob Slavin. Really, really good snipe on the corner there. Um, and, yeah. They just kind of... They did a good job of limiting chances. Uh, the Panthers, even when pushing and when desperate in that third period down, you know, you kind of usually pour it on. Uh, only four high-danger chances for the Panthers to the Hurricanes five. So even when the Panthers... You know, we're, we're pushing and trying to get back in the game. The Hurricanes still generated 1.96 expected goals for in that period and only 0.83 given up. So uh, total expected goals for the Hurricanes that game of 3.54. Uh, 
You can see they outscored that to the Panthers 1.8, which they did as well. Um, but in general, that's a, I mean, if you if you were going to use that to predict this game, you would say that the Hurricanes would win 4-2, and they did, right? So it's pretty good, pretty pretty dead on in that one. Um, this game was really just the Hurricanes, you know, dialing it in. It was a it was a hungry team. They competed. Uh, the defense I thought did a good job of limiting chances. Uh, you know, the one goal comes off a faceoff. Face-off loss, which, I mean, I'm not going to criticize the Hurricanes for losing face-offs. They've been amazing in the face-off circle lately, especially Trocek and Stahl. And I think Sebastian Ajo won like 14 of 18 face-offs or something ridiculous like that tonight, which is absurd. I'm pretty sure I saw that uh, when they were doing the, the first star interview at the end of the game. And that is nuts. Good for him. Um, so you're going to lose some face-offs. You're not going to go 100%. When you lose them, though, you'd rather not be clean. It's a clean win for the Panthers. Shot through a screen. And look, James Reimer, I mean, you got to just close the holes. That's, your, you know, I know that's you can't see it. But as soon as that shot comes off, you got to close the holes. He's not able to do it in time. It is what it is. The shot goes in. And there you have it. Um, after that, the second goal the Panthers scored, I mean, I... <sighs> The Panthers seem to find themselves getting a lot of, you know, odd man rushes in situations where I'm like, why are they getting, why do they have a two on one right here? We're up by two goals. What are we doing? Why would you ever pinch right there? But the Hurricanes tend to do that a lot. Uh, You know, no one, not everyone has the greatest awareness at all times. And they tend to be a little over aggressive when they have the lead, which to me is why they'll give up leads. But it's also while they'll extend leads like they did tonight. So it's a, it's a give and take. Uh, but in this one, I thought the Hurricanes were a, a little over-aggressive with some of the times they pinched where it really just didn't make sense. Like, the risk-reward was not there. Um, this one, they, they ended up getting numbers back somewhat, but it was advantage Panthers. Uh, and Huberdeau is just really good. So he goes outside, uh, throws a pass in the middle. It turns into, you know, a, a pressured two-on-one, I would say. Like, it's it's kind of a two-on-one, but the defender is right there on the puck carrier. So it's it's almost a two-on-two, but he's got enough space for it to basically be a two-on-one. Uh, so Jacob Slavin's defending the two-on-one, goes to take away the passing lane, stick down to the ice, I mean, gloves right, and it somehow the puck finds its way between like his glove and his skate, I mean, the, through a puck-sized hole. If anyone's going to do that, it's going to be Huberdeau, right? And it goes right out in front to, uh, what's his name? Marchment. Weird name. Also, who is this guy? I feel like he scored both his goals this year against the Hurricanes. Uh, he's playing on that first line, though. So, who is this guy? What are you doing? Anyway, he scores the goal. And uh, then Florida's got some life, but the Hurricanes continued to score. Um, and uh, then really did a good job of, of limiting what the Panthers got after that. After that, I mean, I you know, there were some moments where there were some scurries, but the Hurricanes played just desperate defense in front of James Reimer. And... They did not allow second chances. They blocked a lot of shots. Uh, and Reimer was good after that, you know? I mean, he made that ridiculous glove save on that push across, which I love when goalies, like, that was a great save anyway. But the little, like, flashiness on the gloves is so funny to me, especially when you watch him in slow motion, because, like, he pushes over. That's that's what made the save, right? The, the push over was impressive. And then the glove position was good. Like, he had it out at an aggressive angle. The puck goes into his glove. Like, the puck was shot into his glove. He hits it, and then they do that little, like, a second later, they do that little, like, you know, snare over 
it's just funny to me. Like, I mean, goalies want to show off too, you know? Not The goalies don't get the selly, you know? That's their selly right there. It's like, damn, you just got robbed, buddy. It was a good save. Uh, but I love the little, I love the flash that comes like, <laughs> like you didn't make the save like that, you know? It went into your glove and then they do that little like flip the glove over thing. And they sit down too, which just makes it look cool. Uh, but it was a good save nonetheless. I'm here for it. A uh, little bit of physicality in this one too. A little bit, little uh, borderline brawl at the end there. Uh, Panthers uh, upset that the Hurricanes have bested them now three times in a row. Took overtime the last few. Uh, took a shootout and won. But uh, here we are. Hurricanes have won three straight against Panthers. They take second place. And um, they've won five straight overall. Hurricanes record right now in 24 games played is 17-6-1. and one. 35 points. Um, that is the best record through 24 games um, to start the season that the Hurricanes have ever had in franchise history. Better than 06. So I'm not saying anything. But in 06, the Hurricanes went on, I believe it was two nine-game winning streaks that season. Um, so to have a really good record like that, they also went through some losing streaks. But you're going to go through losing streaks. The Hurricanes already went through a three-game losing streak. If you're going to go through those losing streaks, though, I want to see you follow it up with winning five straight. And in their last 10, the Hurricanes are 7-3. and Three-game three losing streak in there, okay? So that means that before and after those games, all wins. If you're gonna if you're gonna sandwich your losing streaks with winning streaks, you're gonna be just fine. You can't have what we've seen in previous years uh, when the Hurricanes were like you know struggling to make it past the you know really into the like top end playoff. You know when you're talking about like first second place, they were always in like the oh maybe we'll get third, but kind of competing for a wild card spot. That's what it's been. Uh, that's even what it was last year and the year before. So this is really the first year in recent history where the Hurricanes have been competing for like a top of the division spot. Um, and to do that, I mean, you gotta, you know, look at Tampa's gone seven, two and one, their last 10, you're going to have to match that a lot. Uh, the Blackhawks are six, three and one, their last 10, the Panthers five, three and two. That's not bad, but it's not going to cut it to stay in second place, which is why the Hurricanes are passing them a five game win streak. Like you love those. So, uh, I hope it keeps building. I hope it keeps keeps going up they'll go play nashville twice now which to me two more opportunities for wins you should be able to win those and i think they go they have a little stretch here where they play like columbus detroit so i mean you have you the hurricanes if they want to compete for first place they need to come out of this next stretch of games and these next three series or so they need to be in first place because then you're going to go back to playing uh the better teams in the division and it's going to be a little tougher to compete so so like, don't rest on your laurels is what I'm saying. I mean, let's go on an 11-game win streak. I don't care. Let's break the franchise record. Uh, and let's get first place. And then you will get in a spot where Tampa will play an easier schedule. They'll rack up some wins, and they'll, they'll start catching back up. Um, but if the Hurricanes want to compete for first place, I think this next stretch here, they need to really rack up like 80% of the points possible. And that's, and that's very difficult to do, but that's how hard it's going to be to get first place in this division and play the fourth seed because that's going to be a little easier matchup than the 2-3. I think the 2-3 is going to end up being against the Panthers, and uh, the Panthers are going to give you trouble in a um, in a playoff matchup. So are the Lightning. But if the Lightning and Panthers could play each other in the 2-3 and the Hurricanes could play the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Stars if they ever figure it out, you know, who knows who that team will be in that four spot. Could be the Predators, too. I'm not going to knock them out. You know, they've done pretty well. They've got injuries lately. Um, I don't know. I don't see it happening for the Preds. I don't really see it happening for the Blue Jackets, either. 
Um, could happen for the Blackhawks. Could happen for the Stars. I don't know. If I'm the Blackhawks, I'm pretty happy about the way this this uh, these standings are shaping out so far because they are in really good shape. Um, but anyway, if I'm the if I'm the Hurricanes, I definitely want to be first. I want to play that fourth team, whoever it ends up being. Um, and then I want the Lightning and the Panthers to be somewhere in the two three. I want them to battle it out. I want them to have a hard series, and then I want to play them after that when they're worn down. And we've hopefully had somewhat of a, not an easy series, because they never are, but, you know, not as grueling, right? That's the goal. And then take advantage of that. Just like the Hurricanes took advantage of the Panthers being on a back-to-back, and they're rested. To me, it's the same thing. I know it doesn't always work out like that in uh, in the playoffs, but the long layoff, like, it's not going to be a long layoff. It's not going to be like it was, uh, I mean, it could be. If they sweep... And there's a seven-game series on the other end. It could be like uh, 18-19 uh, when they swept the Islanders and then had to go play the Bruins after that longer series. And the Islanders, you know, the sweep train. Remember that? Remember the sweep train? Um, but anyway, Hurricanes, I want them to go for first place. And if they're going to go for first place, my point is they need to have, they need to continue this win streak. And they need to take, if, if you're going to lose a game, try to get it to overtime. And then if you're going to lose a game, make it a standalone thing, you know? Sandwich your losses with wins, and you will be okay. A two-win, a, a two-to-one win-loss ratio total, including overtime losses, is what you're shooting for. The Hurricanes right now have won 17, have lost seven, so that's better than that. Uh, you look at the Panthers; you know they've won 15, they've lost nine total. Four of them were in overtime, so if you're going to be, you know, at that at that pace, they're they're close-ish to that rate. Uh, and you're going to lose some games in overtime if you're going to do that, and they're right there competing too. So if you're going to lose games, lose some of them in overtime, right? And uh, try to sandwich your losses with wins, and that'll do it. And with that, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. I told you this is going to be a short one, uh, but on Thursday, we're going to introduce some new segments. Um, I'm going to work on getting some guests scheduled for the next ones. It's been difficult. Everyone's schedule around the team especially is busy. There's so many games. There's so many games. Everyone I'm trying to talk to is, is somewhere either covering the team or works for the team. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's hard to, to schedule those out of respect for their schedules as well. I'm not trying to put somebody in a position where they feel like they have to say yes. So anyway, I am definitely working on getting some guests scheduled. And hey, tweet me at CaneStrainPod. Let me know um, who you want who you want on the show. Who do you want? Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, as always, rate and subscribe and all that. And uh, yeah. Appreciate it. See ya.